And welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I'm Emily Moshek, and I'm joined in studio by my co-host, J.D. Layton. And we have our reporter, Maximus Hunter, right here with your local news. For the first time since 2016, there's been a mountain lion attack on Horsetooth, the Coloradoans Eric Larson reports. An unnamed runner was attacked by a young cat on his own on the West Ridge Trail on the other side of the reservoir from the city. The man was able to fight the cat off by himself, killing it through suffocation. He then chucked into a nearby hospital. The park will be closed today as rangers attempt to find the mountain lion. Uh, while mountain lion sightings aren't unheard of around Horsetooth, they are uncommon and attacks even more so. The last mountain lion attack took place in June 2016, and the last fatal attack was in 1999. Though mountain lion sightings and attacks are more common in Larimer County than anywhere else in Colorado, encountering one is pretty unlikely. In the event that you do see one, the Colorado Parks and Wildlife Department recommends that you back away slowly, making yourself look as big as possible. The city of Fort Collins is making strides in increasing its sustainable energy use and reducing its carbon footprint. The goal for 2020 was to be 20% down in emissions from 2005. The result in 2017? Fort Collins was emitting 21% less than 2005, a whole extra 1% three years early. North 40 News' Cynthia Wilson reports. The city has taken climate action to heart and blended being green with saving green by improving parking lots, adding LED streetlights, and solar energy systems to 12 municipal buildings, the city government has saved money and propelled its climate action plan forwards ahead of schedule. This initiative was recognized nationally last year when Fort Collins received third in the 2018 Green Fleet Awards in North America. We have even bigger plans for the future though. By 2030, Fort Collins hopes to be down 80% in greenhouse emissions. Finally, the debate regarding the Thornton Pipeline continued yesterday with the public forum at the Larimer County Commissioner's Office, J.C. Marmaduke of the Coloradoan reports. The pipeline, finished, planned to be finished by 2025, would supposedly carry 14,000 acre-feet of water a year and would span about 70 miles beginning in the Poudre River. So far, Larimer County has considered the benefits of this pipeline to be minimal, but Thornton hopes to use it to make a profit for both cities. With public comment beginning yesterday, a rift seemed to form between two groups, one supporting the pipeline and one supporting what was deemed the Poudre River Alternative. The alternative suggests that the pipeline lets the water flow through the Poudre and taking it back out around Windsor. Local groups Save the Poudre and No Pipe Dream support this alternative, though the city of Thornton does not, claiming it will more than double the cost and degrade the quality of water. However, Larimer County Commissioner Tom Donnelly still considers the city of Thornton's original proposal, quote, a badly conceived idea. Thornton proposed another alternative solution, using a program called Pooter Flows, which is already in place, to have other parts of northern Colorado lend the Pooter water for stretches and contribute what the pipeline will take away. The debate continued throughout the session, and public comment will resume on February 11th. I'm Maximus Hunter. And this has been your February 5th local news on the Rocky Mountain Review, 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. Thank you, Max. I would definitely say the biggest story would be the runner killing that mountain lion. First off, that dude is a bad mamba jamba. Anybody who gets attacked <laughs> by a mountain lion and then kills it with their bare hands, whoa. I know. Whoa. Yeah, that is pretty insane. And I think it's a good warning to all of us who aren't strong enough to kill them with our bare hands <laughs> to remember that they are at horse tooth, even though we can't see them. Keep your eyes peeled for that eerie glow. They're hanging in the trees. <laughs> oh, in the trees. Well, are there true. even trees over there? Yes. There's like bushes. Yeah, but they're there. <laughs> all right. I've seen them with my own eyes. All right. All right. I'll trust you. I'll trust you. <laughs> anyway, up next, we have a very special interview with a guest who you might know as Carl Weezer from Jimmy Neutron. As well as Yakko from the Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain from, well, Pinky and the Brain. He He's is... Ro oh, just kidding. Oh. I was going to say, he's Rob Paulson. He has his own live show where he will be performing songs from the man in Animaniacs next Friday. Or actually, this Friday. It is Friday. This, it is Friday. I'm getting yeah, mixed coming, up on which yeah, week it is. Yeah, the Animaniacs on a tour. So he, if I'm not mistaken, it's the original cast um, with yes. all the voices together. And uh, they're singing live. But we had the opportunity to uh, 
sit down with the man of many voices and hear yes. what he had to say. So he's coming up next. And if you like what you hear, he is going to be at the Lincoln Center this Friday. So check it out. So you have been the voice for, you know, a, a, an innumerable amount of, of characters throughout your time as, as a voice actor. What would you consider your favorite? The next one, because it means I'm still working. Oh, nice. <laughs> that, that's definitely I, a perk. Uh, Can you tell us yeah, a little bit is. about this next well, this next character? Yeah, well, well <clears throat> the next one could be a couple different things. I'm, you know, like uh, the, the, I think what's important for folks to realize about someone in my position is while I certainly have had, uh, I would argue, more than my share of success, um, primarily because I've just had the incredible good fortune of being involved with shows that started out as a clean sheet of paper and went on to gain, I don't think, even arguable that, that they are iconic, especially with respect to Turtles and Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain. Um, and that is, to be sure, a luck of the draw at the beginning. You never know. Um, but the other side of that coin is uh, that people don't, uh, unless they're my relatives, don't you know sit around waiting for the next Rob Paulson project. Uh, I don't draw them. I don't write them. I'm just an actor and a singer. So it's not like being Bradley Cooper or Brad Pitt. You know, it's it's uh, uh, the characters are famous, and I would like to think I'm an integral part of the process, but not like being a movie star. So I'm always about continuing to work, uh, not only from the practical uh, standpoint in terms of paying mortgages and stuff like that. Um, I just love the whole creative process. I love the challenge of feeling sometimes like a lot of creative people that you you're tapped out and then something inspires you or you hear something or read something or see another actor and or whatever, and you kind of go, oh man, you know, I, I can, I can totally work with this. I love that uh, because I have the same Jones to do what I do at sixty that I did at fifteen, and that wasn't necessarily about being in animation. It was about being a performer and being an actor, and so that whole creative experience has never, never, never waned. In fact, I could argue it's gotten more profound when I see the reaction that I get from people uh, whom I'll meet in either a, a, a concert like we're going to be doing up there at the Lincoln Center or social situation, and people find out what I do for a living, and I say, uh, hello, nurse. And they <laughs> do what you're doing right now, and it is the most wonderful gift to me. And so having that experience now in the sort of final act of my career has given me a whole new reason to keep doing it because it's just a blast to see how it does nothing but bring joy to millions of people. What a what a lucky guy I am. That's awesome. I'm sure I know your roles as a kid in cartoons like Fairly Odd Parents and Jimmy Neutron have been so exciting for me growing up and watching those cartoons. So I can't even imagine what it's like to go out and perform in front of all these people. I'm just um, bummed well, out because you missed such a large yeah, scale. Yeah, you, you have excellent taste in cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, Carl, Carl is still single and he's looking and doesn't have a job, but he's working on it, you know. So as long as you like the show, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm freaking out. Oh my God. <laughs> that is so. Isn't that great? That is so that awesome. Yeah, and it is, and and I and I mean that from both sides of the equation because I've been in your position when I first started doing animation <clears throat> years and years ago. I was working on a um, Jetsons project at Hanna Barbera, and um, uh, the director Gordon Hunt said, "Hey, Rob, Mel Blanc's coming in today because Mel Blanc played a character called Mister Spacely, who was George Jetson's boss, and um, and of course I grew up watching the Jetsons, right, and so." Gordon says, hey, Robbie, Mel's uh, coming in today. You want to sit next? I said, are you kidding me? Of course. And I remember you guys just sort of mustering up the gumption to ask Mr. Blank. And Mr. Blank, hi, my name is Rob, big fan. I was probably 30. And I said, I, 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 I hope I'm not bothering you, but if it's not too much trouble. And before I could get it out of my mouth, he says, yeah, what's up, Doc? And oh, <laughs> it blew my mind. So... I, I understand your position, 
And I understand Mr. Blank's position now because it is the most gratifying experience. And I would wager a little later on, and maybe even later down you know, this weekend, you'll think about that and you'll chuckle. And you'll go, that was pretty cool. And it's, <laughs> it's cooler for me. So it's, it's really wonderful. And I'll, and, and I'll tell Carl that you, that you like him. <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. So knowing that just the joy of performing and the interactions that you have with fans are kind of what keep you going in this career, what got you started into this career? Great question. Uh, I wanted to be, more than anything, a kid growing up in Michigan, I wanted to be a hockey player more than anything. Fortunately, by the time I was about 18, uh, I was in a position to maybe go play in college, and I had a kid from Winnipeg absolutely level me, and <laughs> I got my bearings about two weeks later, and I thought, okay, that I got no business, no business being on the ice with people who are good enough to move on. I've, 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 that's as far as I'm going to go in the hockey business. The only other thing that really, really excited me and, and sort of fired up my soul was performing. Um, and it was obviously pretty rudimentary, you know, plays and rock and roll bands and comedy groups and recordings of things that I wanted to do with friends, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so one thing led to another, and I was a singer first who became an actor, and after a number of years of being on the road with different bands and, and uh, theater companies, I moved to L.A. to ostensibly come out here to do live action and music, which is exactly what I was doing. 40 years ago. But then the opportunity came about, mm, I don't know, eight, nine years after I got here to start auditioning for animated projects. And it wasn't like I wasn't interested. I said, sure. But I just didn't know that it was what I would come out here to do. Uh, but it didn't take me long to understand that, wow, this is not only a great way to be incredibly creative with world-class talent around me, uh, for Warner Brothers, Disney, you know, Nickelodeon, Universal, Hanna-Barbera, you name it, all the networks, of course, for Saturday morning, all that stuff. But nobody cared what I looked like. And for a young actor, and now, obviously, for an old actor, it's great not to be limited by how one looks, you know, his, his or her visage, um, especially when you're not a, a, a celebrity talent. Being a journeyman actor and being limited only by your skill and the kindness of folks to hire you is pretty much the best gift an actor can get. So I jumped at the chance, and it wasn't like I was trying to phase out on camera, but the animation stuff really took off because I you know, started getting gigs where I could sing in character or I would sing for other famous actors who couldn't in character. And then I got to create my own characters, which became famous, and then you start to work on other projects because people say, wow, we really love Animaniacs. Who was the guy that was Yakko and Dr. Scratch and Sniff? Ah, let's bring him in here and now he's working. So it just it feeds on itself. And I'm really grateful that I have uh, an ego that can take can handle the fact that nobody knows who I am. It's, it's, it's a fair trade. The anonymous celebrity. Yeah, really. So what what are some of the challenges you'd say you faced while while being a voice actor? What cuz I I feel like it's a like you said not a part of Hollywood that's brought up that much. Right. Um challenges uh and by the way I'm glad you used the word challenge cuz people often use the word difficulties or what was hard about you know hard is working outside in Colorado right now. <laughs> you know hard is pouring uh, blacktop on a freeway out here in the summer. That's a hard job. When you're in show business, uh, it's a choice. And there are challenges, to be sure, like anything else. But ain't nobody ever shoved a gun in my head and said, you got to be an actor. So when things get weird or go south or get challenging, you know, I feel sorry for myself for about 37 seconds and then say, well, you, you know, deal with it or go do something else. So the challenges, I think, are... Uh, for me, um, well, for every actor, the challenges are getting enough work to do two things, pay your bills and keep yourself viable and relevant. And that becomes more of a challenge as one ages. Uh, I, I would argue that it's more difficult for on-camera talent for obvious reasons. You know, things start to sag, things go south, you 
you're supposed to look a little different as you get older. And if that is your stock and trade, then that can really be a, a, a real challenge. Um, but with voice work, uh, it's just a question of being continuing to be relevant, continuing to kind of reinvent yourself, uh, stretch yourself, come up with new things. Because if you start to work a lot, it can be, it, it can be um, a bit of a double-edged sword. You become very ubiquitous. And sooner or later, uh, what happens is producers will say, wow, Rob's terrific, but we've used him on the last four projects. Time for somebody else. Or, as the case is and should be, new people come to town, and they're maybe inspired by what I've done, and, and they're gunning for me in a, in, a, in a very appropriate way. It's supposed to be competitive. The upshot of that is that we supposedly and hopefully get better entertainment because people try to come up with new stuff. Um, so for me, if I conti- want to continue working, it's about uh, maintaining um, my relevance. Uh, and, of course, the other side of the coin is that um, if you continue to work, you continue to buy stuff, and you get used to a certain lifestyle, then you have to work. Um, so there's always a bit of a challenge. Where does the, the deeply passionate, fun part of what I do cross into the, dude, I don't care what you do, but you got to pay the mortgage this month. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that can be a challenge. Um, but I have been incredibly fortunate, and uh, I think that I was fortunate enough to hang on long enough and be able to work steadily so that the things that I did that are now even more relevant 25 or 30 years later than they were when they were new shows, a la Turtles, Animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain specifically uh, put me in really good stead because now I have credibility with a group of people your age and often, you know, much younger and even much older than, than I. And mm-hmm. I got to tell you, you guys, we're going to have a thousand people at our show uh, at the Lincoln Center. And it's a lovely venue, as you know, but what will be so remarkable to everyone, if you pay attention, and it certainly is to Randy and me and the orchestra, is that there will be people there who are seven or eight or ten years old and people who are 70 years old. And it is a testament to Randy's music and to Mr. Spielberg and Tom Ruger's vision um, with respect to Animaniacs. We're talking about a show of which a new episode's not been done in 25 years. And it is a show that had virtually no merchandise, a few T-shirts, you know, a cookie jar, that type of thing, but nothing like Ninja Turtles, no action figures. And it's a show uh, and music that was successful for its own sake, which is not a small thing with, you know, with the enormous amount of entertainment options that are out there. Um, it's a big deal. And I think, I think it, it speaks really highly to the cultural impact of, of what is considered to be sort of, you know, kids' entertainment. Turns out it's not made by kids. It's made by grown-ups who think like kids and with kids' hearts and minds. But it influences and inspires and entertains millions of people who were, who were not part of the audience when the show aired. That's incredible to me. Definitely. That is amazing. And so the show that you're doing here at the Lincoln Center in Fort Collins, that's next Friday, February 8th, correct? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we are going to be great. Yeah. Are going to come? We are. We're trying to come. Definitely. At least one of us will be there, and we're trying to get some of our team there. We're very excited. So along with us and for our listeners who either already are going or might be interested in coming to this event, what do you have to say to them? I say, firstly, thank you. It's money well spent. Um, (laughs) But uh, the um, firstly, uh, I know I ramble, but to the extent that people out there say, well, this guy really likes his work. He does, and this is not manufactured. This is utterly authentic. Um, and uh, what you will see is two people who are deeply grateful, not only for this opportunity, but uh, we have so much fun for the obvious reason of the you know the instantaneous nature of audience feedback. But also remember, Randy and I. Randy's a writer and songwriter, and I'm a singer and actor. And even though I started out doing live stage. My career has been primarily in a studio, so the option or the opportunity to see people respond in real time is just wonderful. Um, 
And what you will hear and see is about 22, 2022 songs, uh, primarily from Animaniacs, um, but also from another show we did called Hysteria <clears throat> with, the, with an 80-piece orchestra. And hearing those so- songs with a really great big bunch of world-class players and then we'll have like a giant video screen in which we have a number of the sh- cartoons. Uh, the music and the, the vocals will all be coming from stage, but it will all be synced with the, mo- the emotion on the screen. And it's a pretty cool parlor trick for a thousand people. It's, it's really cool to see uh, Yakko singing United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru with, uh, you know, the band playing and Yakko singing in real time. It's pretty neat. Um, <laughs> And then we, we give you the background of how these songs came about. We do a number of songs that never made it to the show. And I promise you, you'll listen to them and go, what the hell is wrong with that one? But <laughs> it, really, um, it really is a, a great spotlight on Randy Rogel's astonishing uh, songwriting skill, uh, which he's doing at an even higher level now all these years later. Um, and again, the option to play it with uh, a big uh, band is great um it will be edifying educational ultimately fun and unusual and the cool thing is that we're the only guys who who can do it you know this isn't a tribute band this is the people who recorded and wrote that stuff all these emmys and peabody's and generate a two you know another generation later and it's it gets more uh mileage now than it did originally um also which is kind of cool we're in unique circumstance because mr spielberg has decided that the world is ready for more pinky in the brains and animaniacs so um there are, there are 26 new half hours being produced uh for hulu for fall of 2020 uh, but all animaniacs and pinky the brain episodes are available right now for streaming on hulu. so it's a pretty unique time to be doing this But we also, on this particular show, we've got the incredible good fortune of having with us on this one, uh, Jess Harnell, who was wacko. He's going to sing a couple of wacko songs. And my friend the brain, Maurice Lavash, is going to be there. So we're going to have Pinky in the Brain as well. And Randy has written two songs uh, for the brain that no one has ever heard. um, And we've never done them with an orchestra. So it's going to be really exciting but I'm telling you, when Pinky and the Brain start riffing on stage, it doesn't matter that it's a couple of old guys banging around. The voices just freak people out. And it's <laughs> the most wonderful thing to witness. So I'm telling you, man, at the very least, you will leave for two hours of laughing and, uh, and, and exhausted therein. Um, often we'll get a chance to do a Q&A to a- answer questions about this and other shows on which we've worked. Um, so it's, it's a much different experience than just going to see a concert. It's, it's, uh, very interactive and that's exactly the way we want it. It's, it's, uh, uh, very relaxed. Um, we get to mess around with the audience. Um, and, and that's exactly the way we want it. This is cartoons, man. This isn't about, about being deep and profound. It's about being joyful and, uh, and nostalgic. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Rob, for joining us today. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you and hear your passion for your work. It was... Oh, thank you. It's very sweet of you guys. Thank you very much for taking the time. And please tell your parents that um, I thank you very... I thank them very much for buying action figures because as a result of their largesse, my kids' teeth are straight today because I could afford braces. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're glad to hear that. And we are so looking forward to seeing your show. Thank you so much, Rob. Have a great day. Bye-bye. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host, Emily Moshek, and you just heard my vibrant studio co-host. Yeah, I I didn't realize you were going to slap the on-air mics right there. I know, might Uh, be. It's okay. You caught me mid panic scream i did but yeah it's all good <laughs> you know our communication here is very last minute during the review so it, it's all, true all improvisational if you guys ever tune into the uh, I, I don't know if you know this but we actually have a uh, a live stream on our website where you can take a look at what's going on in studio and i'm sure if you tune in at that time you'll just see how 
ridiculous it can get in here. It yeah. is a full house right now, though. And this is a perfect example of the sheer ridiculousness. You have me, JD, blah, blah, JD Layton, as well as our sports director, Rory McGowan, as well as all of our reporters, Allison Tackett, Katie Otter, and Maximus Hunter. And we have a discussion coming up, and you, the listeners, can participate, too, by calling or texting 970-491-5278, 970-491-KCSU, and it's about booze. Our CSU newspaper, The Collegian, recently pu- published a series of articles talking about alcohol use by CSU students, and one of the articles argued that college drinking patterns should not be considered alcoholism, stating that people are using the term too loosely and are not really grasping what an actual alcoholic truly is. While another article, also from the Collegian, expressed concern saying that our college drinking patterns now are really just stepping stones to becoming full-blown alcoholics in the future. So two very different opinions, but definitely relevant as CSU is a big school. We have great bars downtown, and so this is definitely a prevalent issue. It's true. And and I guess for me as you know, as a as a college student, I never drank before college and now I like to enjoy beers. I mean, we're notorious for always grabbing a brew after the show. It's one of our you know, our our favorite activities and it's just a good way to decompress and talk, but at the same point in time I can understand how people can go overboard i'm sure we've all seen it or been there ourselves where you go to a bar and there's somebody who's had just way too much and it almost seems like far too often than not that you see those people continually repeat that habit so is that necessarily a good thing are you setting up you know the basis of like a, a, a new habit that's forming i don't know yeah i could definitely see it being habitual especially with csu and old town how they have events every week um like every Thursday, they do the Rambans deal. Um, I know Wednesdays are like $4 pitchers of beer or quarter well drinks. So in a way, it does become a routine to go out on certain nights weekly. Whether or not that's a bad thing, I don't know. But it's definitely a weekly routine to go drinking for a lot of students. Interject real quick. Yes, I totally agree. And I think as someone who likes to go out, and go drinking. I think it's so cool that we have such a cool place as such as Old Town and they throw deals and all that. I will say that I think, I don't know if anyone has had experience using fake IDs uh, when you were a minor, but I know that Fort Collins, for the most part, is super strict anywhere you go using fake IDs. So they're really trying to, I know some college towns such as um, Champaign, Illinois, They'll do bars. You can get in if you're, like, 18 or 19. Um, here, you have to be 21 years old. They're really strict about fake IDs. They're really looking at your ID. So I think they kind of – and I think that goes back to us being a such a craft beer um, hub for especially northern Colorado. Um, I think we want to kind of uphold that culture without letting it get too loose. You know, I don't know if I'm making any sense to anybody. No, absolutely. But um, – I think it's good that places are strict with IDs here. Um, that's not going to stop people who are of age, though, and are going to go be going overboard. But that's something that I've really liked about Fort Collins being here, especially after turning 21, is that we have such a cool craft beer culture. And I don't know, there's a Jimmy Fallon made a joke one day saying, like, thanks, craft beer, for, like, making my alcoholism look like a hobby. But (laughs) (laughs) I think it is kind of, like, a neat thing that we have, and we're lucky to have, um, we're we're spoiled with a nice beer, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to build on that for a sec, I think that's kind of the awesome thing about the Fort Collins culture and the craft beer culture is... You know, usually if you if you see someone who's having a hard time or who's had too much to drink, there's usually someone out there to to help them and you know try and push them in the right direction. And that's and that's the thing we do celebrate that if you're you know if you're 21, you're of age. Uh, we we celebrate beer and we celebrate drinking here because it's a fun thing to do and we've got a wonderful community. Now that being said, there's definitely you know there's a reason it's 21 because 21 is the age where you're supposed to be responsible for yourself and your habits and know yourself well enough. And so. It often, uh, I think, and especially personally, in my opinion, uh, it comes down to, you know, are you are you getting in the way of yourself? Are you drinking when you're supposed to be doing other things? Are you preventing yourself from, 
you know, doing doing the rest of your life because you're drinking and that that that's a problem. But yeah. Yeah, I would have to agree. Like it's it's definitely a social thing, absolutely. But yeah, it becomes a problem when you like cannot do your homework or show up to class or you're too hungover and you can't go to class, like stuff like that. Like that's definitely an issue and I have seen that. But like overall I I think like the community, like everybody's pretty responsible from at least from my eyes. Well, that, that's the thing. I think for for what the struggle says is that these drinking habits may be the stepping stones. I mean, in, in, in my opinion, when you use that kind of connotation, I mean, anything can be a stepping stone to being habitual. I mean, not wearing your seatbelt while driving is a stepping stone to consistently breaking the law. Being a radio I mean, DJ is a stepping stone to K-pop. I, <laughs> I mean, anything can be in that connotation. And I think in terms of college students, it's just that idea of when you come to college you experience college it's you know you've seen in pop culture with with movies and television shows and and advertising that college is a place where you party and you and you study and then and you drink and i think that in terms of this there are plenty of people across the united states and as well as for collins that when they come to csu yes they drink and they party and and old town is a perfect place for that kind of environment but after you're out of the college system it suddenly going to, to Old Town isn't something you do every weekend. You have other things to do. And I think it is a social thing that people do in terms of drinking. I mean, these bars are full of people that are in groups that go out to drink. But once you're out of college and you start working, it's no longer like, let's go drink with my friends or let's drink because I want to do this. It's now, as you said, since Fort Collins is a hub for craft beer, it's like, let's enjoy a drink, not let's go party because that's the college experience. I think it becomes an issue when it's like no longer let's drink because it's a social thing or let's drink to enjoy, but more of it becomes an issue when it's let's drink to forget a problem or fix yeah. something. Yeah, I definitely would agree with you on that. It's like drinking is not alcoholism in college, but the second you graduate and if you're still doing this crap, then you definitely have a problem. And I kind of agree with the same sentiment that it really, it does depend on your setting. If you're going out to a bar with friends, you're all drinking, you're having a social time, it's like, all right, it's a social activity. Kind of even going back to last week when we discussed like yoga classes with beer and things like that, like it's a social activity. But, you know, if you are pouring like i don't know if you're pouring like vodka in a water bottle and taking it to class like i know people who do that and i <laughs> think that's kind of crossing a line right. a little bit yeah and i i think that's the thing that these articles are afraid of is that you're just sort of setting the standard that that's acceptable because alcohol is so prevalent you know like ray said it's a big part of our pop culture you go to college you drink but is it setting this this idea where it's like oh yeah it's acceptable to fill my water bottle with vodka to drink alone to use it as a coping mechanism rather to have it be a proponent a proponent of my social life yeah and and I, I think that's where it targets people who may be in low spots in their life and it and it becomes a problem especially and it kind of because goes college along. is difficult and, and you it have is difficult and things like that and sometimes you're like man i just want to drink but you know it should that be something that you can do so readily yeah, it is definitely kind of a concern, especially because I've definitely, you know, I've had girlfriends be like, oh, I just dumped my boyfriend, like, let's hit the bars, you know? <laughs> so it's definitely an emotional reaction. I think anyone who says that they haven't used alcohol for an emotional problem at least once is probably lying. Right. Or sober. And then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and then it's the thing, too, you know, I don't know. Like, right now, it's not weird to go out on a Tuesday. Like, if my friend said, it's a Tuesday night, let's go out, I wouldn't even be like, what? It's a Tuesday. I'd be like, hey. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I feel well, like once I graduate, is it going to be normal for me to go out on a Tuesday? Well, it's, it's part of the college <laughs> schedule. As a college right. student, you know, you're working throughout the day, and then at night, once you finish your homework, we have kind of these given-to-us blocks of free time that everyone has in common. That's true. I guess it's kind of like that with a job, though. You all get off at five. Well, I, Sometimes. I yeah, think in terms true. of like when you get older, too, it's, I mean, as college students, you, as I said earlier, you think of the pop culture, like, what do, what do you have? Like, again, like Animal House and all these TV shows and, and, and movies, even like movies talking about high schoolers going to parties and drinking, too. And I remember even recently there was a, a movie uh, called uh, Everybody Wants Some, which is basically just Animal House Part 2 in a way that released recently. But then when you get older and you have that job and, and you don't see 
yourself as those college students. You see yourself as other people. Like I know for my dad, he was a part of fraternity uh, during his time at University of Michigan, and Animal oh, House was yeah go blue uh animal house was was the the movie to watch but when he got older it was like well how do other characters that i kind of look up to drink like james bond what does he have he has a martini at a bar shaken not stirred shaken not stirred (laughs) you have you know all these different actors just have a drink you don't see him get completely sloshed and and pass out on a like a park bench somewhere it's it's it the view on alcohol changes as you go throughout. And I think it's fine you can you can have a drink for an occasion. Like you said, like someone dumps you. You can have it for an occasion, I guess, because it's just the way it's like, hey, let's just get this over with. But when it's like, oh man, I thought my boyfriend, let me take a shot, and that's your reaction, I think that's becoming the issue. It's no longer let's celebrate or let's do something for this moment and occasion, because that's what it is. It's a moment, not a lifestyle. Right? Yeah, it's when it's a necessity and not a reward. Speaking of celebrations, I believe there was a large one in New England uh, this weekend. I thought you were going to say that it was Ray's birthday. No, well, it also... (laughs) Happy birthday, Ray. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank y'all. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wait, it really is? (laughs) Oh. Oh, okay. Happy birthday. I thought it was a joke. Okay. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, you're our our man on the sports talk, so you got to keep that dial locked because we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. But if you have anything you want to say on the discussion, we'd love to hear what you have to say about college drinking habits. You can always call or text in at 970-491-5278. We'll be right back on the Rocky Mountain Review. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I am your host, Emily Moshek, joined in studio by my co-host. I am J.D. Layton. Our lovely reporters, Allison Tackett, Katie Otter, and our sports director, Ray McGowan, who's going to tell us about the Super Bowl or the lack of Super Bowl, depending on what you thought. (laughs) Well, of course, uh, as you said, uh, this Sunday was the final game of the NFL season. It was the Super Bowl where the New England Patriots were facing off against the Los Angeles Rams. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady versus Sean McVay and Jared Goff and... uh, to say the least, it was not what we were expecting. Uh, instead of the high-powered offenses uh, that we've seen throughout the entire NFL season, instead we had a battle in the trenches in terms of defense. Uh, the final score came out to be the New England Patriots 13, the Los Angeles Rams 3. Tom Brady threw for 262 yards, including an interception. Sonny Michelle ran for 94 yards and a touchdown. And Julian Edelman, the Super Bowl MVP, caught for 141 yards. For the Rams side, Jared Goff threw for 229 yards and interception himself. Todd Gurley, who was mysteriously very absent during this game, only ran for 35 yards. And C.J. Anderson tallied 22 yards. Sean McVay, after the game, just said he got outcoached. An interesting quote from offensive tackle Andrew Whitworth said, he has to keep his head up high, but at the end of the day, we're all going to die. Uh, in this case, <laughs> it was it was very dark. In this case, this game showed a classic battle of style over experience, where experience won out. Bill Belichick has been to 41 postseason games, including Super Bowls, while Sean McVay has only had four throughout his two seasons as head coach for the Los Angeles Rams. Again, the defense was a big surprise in this game with only one touchdown being scored in the entire game. Stephon Gilmore had a key interception against Jared Goff towards, towards the waning minutes of the game to really solidify the Patriots' victory over the Rams. This was the lowest-scoring lowest Super Bowl half since Super Bowl Nine, when the Steelers were leading the Vikings 2-0. Plenty of questions have risen up since that game, whether about Todd Gurley was injured or he was just not part of the game plan, and if Rob Gronkowski is going to retire. Uh, also, the key, very big future, whether is how the Rams going to play out throughout the rest of the seasons coming up, especially with a bunch of teams hiring what they expect to be the next Sean McVay. Uh, of course, uh, it's sad to see the NFL season go, but the NBA is starting to heat up, I guess. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's about it. It's true. Anything in uh, CSU sports? Uh, for CSU sports, 
Uh, we won against Air Force last week. It was a great victory for us in the Mountain West Conference. However, it's going to look a little grim tomorrow as they are going to face the nationally ranked 6 Nevada team here at CSU. However, I do expect a big turnout because Nevada has two potential NBA players. It's going to be exciting just to watch them play either way here in Fort Collins. Uh, it's, it's, it's an alright season for CSU, uh, CSU basketball, but it's still going to be entertaining to watch a nationally ranked team here play in Fort Collins. Yeah, that'll be exciting. So I have one very important question for you. So the Super Bowl may not have been a blowout, but I'm sure the food was. Who do you think took home the cake and what was it? Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I can't answer that. Wait, what? For I, the Super Bowl food? Come on. It's the oh. most important part of every game. I get confused about your I, I can't answer that because I had a leg in the race. So I'm not, <laughs> I can't answer that. I will say probably the most entertaining part about the Super Bowl was the halftime show, specifically where... They had SpongeBob introduce Travis Scott, which is probably the most weirdest introductions ever seen. It started out with Maroon 5, and then halfway through, a, the clip of SpongeBob for his sweet, sweet victory performance that a lot of people uh, know from the internet uh, introduced rapper Travis Scott. And it was just so odd to see it. And a lot of people were disappointed because a petition to have SpongeBob play Sweet, Sweet Victory was signed with over a hundred thousand signatures and all we got was like a two second clip but i was upset i, I was upset too I, I don't make the rules i thought it was still kind of cool <laughs> i was singing maroon five i was fine oh my god all, all in all i thought it was pretty disappointing it was pretty weird too adam levine is a strange strange human it i, I he looks really it, it him taking off his shirt and everything um, it was. I was like, man, how white can you get right now on that stage? It was. It was very odd. I can't but, say much. I was excited about it. So. <laughs> I was a little bit too. Not gonna lie. Not I, gonna I remember lie. as a kid going to the Houston Rodeo and watching uh, Adam Adam Levine and Maroon Five play, and when he just took off his coat, every single person screamed. I went, "What happened? I don't get it." Why was he <laughs> off the rodeo? But, I don't know. I I remember just sitting there. I was like eight years old. And I was eating Dippin' Dots and. Everyone started screaming. I was like, he just took off his coat, probably because he was hot. And someone in the, behind me went, yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Got to love. Got to love Adam Levine and the Super Bowl. Well, thank you for that analysis, Ray. And of course. stay tuned because we'll have more, especially with CSU basketball on Thursday. We're going to take another quick break. But stick around because we have a special music segment and a preview of a concert KCSU will be hosting, as well as your national news, up next right here on the Rocky Mountain Review. Welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I'm joined in studio by my co-host today. JD, I'm your co-host every time we do well, this. Well, every day, but especially today. But yes, I am JD Layton. <laughs> we also have a very large gaggle of, well, not as large as it was, but we still have our gaggle of reporters. We're down one. <laughs> I'm Allison Tackett. Katie Otter. And we have a special music review coming up by our very own KCSU... It's DJ, everything. Uh, you do everything. Janet Earth. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm Janet Earth. I have shows uh, every Thursday from nine to eleven. Um, but right now, I am AJ Frankson, music photojournalist. There we go. Which that's cooler. the title I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So you ha you went to a concert the other week, right? I did. I went to a couple actually, which was super fun. Um, but yeah. It was a cool time. Um, it was a show at Launch Skate Park, which if you've never heard of it, it's North College. And it's kind of hard to find, um, especially at night. But um, it's kind of by Jack's. And it's super cool. It's an indoor skate park. Um, they Actually, it was their first ever concert. Um, they had never hosted a concert before, which I thought was insane. Super cool. Um, and yeah, there were four bands that played. Um, it started off with Roseville, uh, then The Beeves, which is a band local to Denver, and then Bloomers, which uh, I actually went on tour with them um, last summer. And then there was a surprise song at the end by Forestry, 
which was really cool and fun and rocking. Very awesome. So with it being at a skate park, like are people still skating while yeah. they're performing? <laughs> um, so it's actually it was actually a lot smaller than I thought it was. I'd never been there. Um, but yeah, it was a lot smaller and, uh, I think there were lots of people who wanted to skate. I mean, towards the end, people kind of like filtered out cause it got pretty late. Um, and then once there were not a lot of people there, there were a couple, uh, kids just like skating around down this one, um, ramp to the side. But, um, yeah, it's like, they set up the band kind of like in the middle. Um, and then... There, like, people kind of just, like, stood from front to back, and then there was, like, a little area off to the side that was, like, a ramp. Um, and there were people standing there at one point, but then, yeah, towards the end, they kind of opened it up for skating a little more. But, yeah, it was, it, it would have been a little hard during, you know, the peak of the event <laughs> for people to skate just because there were so many people there, which was cool. I didn't expect it to sell out the way it did. Yeah, it sounds like it was an awesome concert. And you said yeah. that was the first one they put on there? Yeah, yeah. Um, it they I don't think um, they had ever really thought about putting on a show there um, until uh, a kid named Larson Ross, who is one of, um, I guess, the people in the local music scene here. I don't know really what to call him. He is in a band um, called Red Scare, if I'm correct. Um, don't quote me on that. <laughs> it's read something. Um, but yeah, they're a super cool band. I love their music. Um, and he also, I think more recently has taken it upon himself to start, um, kind of doing promoting and planning for shows and events, uh, which is super cool. Um, and so, yeah, I think he just kind of had the idea to have a show at a skate park. Like, why not? You know, <laughs> yeah. why not? Um, and he's planning a show. Yeah, 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 he is. Um, So, yeah, so this show that I went to was kind of like the test to see if it would work out, if people would come, if it sounded good. Um, And everything went super smoothly, which never happens, Um, but it did, which was super cool. And, uh, yeah, there's a show coming up March 8th at Launch Skate Park, which KCSU is um, promoting. Um, and presenting, I guess you could say, and uh, it's gonna have two band, two local bands, Zavely and Bitter Sons. Don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they're actually very different, yet both very cool. Um, and then two openers, which you can submit the name for if you want. Um, we actually have a committee of about ten or so DJs who are um, in charge of voting for the two openers for that show and we are getting submissions from anyone and everyone about who is going to perform which is super cool it's very cool so if that sounds anything that would be of interest to you dear listener give us a text or a call at 970-491-5278-970-491-KCSU and we will give you the information you need it's going to be an awesome concert and we're looking forward to seeing you all there thank you so much for that review aj we always love to hear what's going on in the fort collins music scene oh yeah me too thank you we are going to take a quick break but man i don't know about y'all but i feel like i could use some national news and i know what's coming up next and it's definitely national news so keep that dial locked only here on 90.5 kcsu for collins and welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I'm your host, Emily Moshak, joined in studio by my co-host. I am J.D. Layton, and we are also joined by our reporter. The studio keeps emptying, and it's getting lonelier and lonelier. <laughs> but I'm, we've got one more for you. I'm Allison Tackett. And she has a special national newscast for us. So for your daily national news on February 5th, 2019, two Colorado sheriff's deputies were charged with manslaughter Monday in the death of a 23-year-old man that they had handcuffed and placed face down on the floor of a police van while he was taken to a detox facility in Boulder, according to WTP, WTOP. Dimitri Shankly was in the position for 16 minutes, and when they arrived, he was unconscious and not breathing. He died at the hospital 27 days later. Boulder County prosecutes filed manslaughter charges against both deputies, Adam Lunn and James O'Brien. New Jersey raises minimum wage to $15 an hour by 2024, according to U.S. News. Phil Murphy signed legislation legislative on Monday that will raise the state's minimum wage starting July 1st of this year. 
minimum wage will be raised from $8.85 per hour to $10 per hour. Every year, minimum wage will be raised $1 until 2024. Phil Murphy tweeted and said that the bill will impact more than 1 million workers who will become part of the middle class. New Jersey is now one of the three largest states to boost their minimum wage. A plane crashes in California home, killing five people and injuring three, according to U.S. News. Orange County Sheriff's Department confirmed on Monday that the plane crashed into a 37-year-old woman's house, killing the male pilot and two males and two females that were, made, that were inside the home. The department is still working to identify the deceased in order to notify family members. The two-engine Cessna has departed from the Fullerton Airport shortly before the crash occurred around 1.45 p.m. The cause has not been determined. According to Global News, a four-year-old boy in Washington apart, apartment found a loaded gun under a mattress and used it to shoot his pregnant mother in the face. The 27-year-old woman and her boyfriend were watching television in bed over the weekend when their son found the gun between the mattress and box spring. The boy unintentionally shot his mom in the face, according to a sheriff's office spokesman. The woman, who was eight months pregnant, was taken to the hospital with life-threatening injuries. She was transferred to another hospital Sunday to in an improved condition. Under a new state law, gun owners could face criminal charges for not storing their guns safely. But this law does not go into effect until July 2019. Thank you for listening to the Daily National News on 90.5 KCSU. Thank you very much, Allison. And I believe we have one more segment today before we end the show. And that is the weather. Bum, bum, bum. Everybody's favorite part of the show. It's weather <laughs> time here, KCSU. Yeah. It's still a work in progress theme. One of these days, we'll get it down pat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll have a, a real theme, a science theme. One, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, it'll be good. See, that means you just got to keep listening until you get the, leather, the weather mm-hmm. theme. So I don't know about y'all, but I've been enjoying this lovely, lovely weather we've been having. It's not, it's not been too cold. We had a nice weekend today. Uh, it was a little chilly. We had a, a high of 41 and a low of 23. But tomorrow, prep yourselves. The snows are coming. Winter oh, is no. here again. Ugh, it's, I'm over uh, winter. Me too. And, and I hate to break it to you, but it's not going to be all that warm. We have a low of zero and a high of 26 with snow. Oh, it's going to be a chilled day. And Thursday... It's not looking like it's going to be much warmer. Low of f- four degrees and a high of 22. But if you want to know what's coming on Friday, you got to tune in Thursday. Mm-hmm. Very important. So be sure to tune in on Thursday. And we thank you all for listening to the show today. We also want to thank our lovely team of reporters, Maximus Hunter, Katie Otter, Allison Tackett, Ray McGowan. We want to thank AJ Frankson for her music review, as well as Rob Paulson for allowing us into his voice acting world and remind everyone that he will be at the lincoln center this friday if that is something that is of interest to you and i also want to thank you jd for being a little co-hostess with the mostest little co-host is that what you say it's yeah you're the you're the co-hostess with the mostest i don't know i'm not good at coming up with catchphrases you gotta be on par with the alliteration Ah. but it's also the first day of the chinese lunar new year so welcome to the year of the pig hopefully it'll be a good one Hopefully. Well, I have my 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 hopes set high. It'll be an interesting one. I think so. Yeah. Indeed. And That's on, ba- <laughs> and I was going to say I'm going to eat a lot of bacon, but then I was like, that might be insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I regret that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Be sure to stick with us on Thursday. We'll be back with all your great news. You're listening to 90.5 KCSU for cons. We've got Pulsar by Ride up next. Thank you.